discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Someone says, hello daddy, thank you for your wonderful counsel all this while. I love the things of God. I have a desire of pastoring one of our branches in future. And at the same time, I have a wild political ambition. Emphasis on wild political amb ambition. I have an equal desire to lead the country and Africa one day. Daddy, please, I want to know how to blend these desires and make both of them work powerfully. Speaking tongues a lot. Speak in tongues a lot for God's perfect will in your life. So that you can speak in tongues is what makes you walk in God's perfect will. Okay? Because the one who speaks in tongues shares intimacies with God. And it helps you to run on God's calendar for your life. First Corinthians chapter, 12, chapter 14, verse 2. Ampli uh, message. If you praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. For you are sharing intimacies just between you and him, you and God. So praying in tongues makes you share intimacy with God. And so God's ideas and God's plans are made available to you on a very frequent, regular, consistent basis. If you want to walk in the perfect will of God, speak in tongues a lot. Okay? Uh-huh. Now, the desire to have a political... Um, influence in this country it's not a bad desire it's a good desire actually we need such people and i'm happy you have that desire if it is from god it has to come to pass if it's not from god it will not come to pass many are you see the fact that you are designed for something does not mean that it will come to pass hey. or else then we'll be in trouble because people are designing people's husbands and people are designing people's wives is it not true? Yes. People are designing people's jobs. If God should give you all your heart's desire, hey, your desire must become correct. Eh? Proverbs 19, verse 21. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, thou shalt stand. Let's read other versions, maybe amplified. Many plans are in a man's mind. Many, a man and woman's mind. So you may have plants, many plants. Many plants are in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. So if the Lord's purpose for you is for you to be a political figure, then you will become, how? By speaking in tongues. It is not God's purposes that always stands because human beings can change that. God can have a plan for you and you will change it. You can change it very easily. You can change, for instance, it was not God's plan for Israel to have a king. God said, I am your king. But by 1 Samuel chapter 8, they had desired for themselves a king. And God said, okay, you can have it. They were not walking in the perfect will of God. But God said, okay, it's fine, you can have it. But he was not happy with them. When Balaam was going with Balak to go and curse Israel, God was not happy with Balaam. It was not God's will for Balaam to go. But Balaam insisted on going. So God said, okay, you can go. So there are many things that many people are doing that are not in God's perfect will, but he allows it. There's something called the acceptable will of God. Look at 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7. And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. But he said, hearken unto them. Like, listen to them, it's fine. But he was not happy. So you must be interested in God's perfect will for your life. Sometimes you want to be like somebody. Because 
of how the person is. You want to be like the Maybe God doesn't want you to be like the person. The more you pray in tongues, praying in tongues is your way of staying in God's perfect will for your life. You want to stay in cantonments. Maybe God doesn't want you to stay in cantonments. Because by staying in cantonments, I'm Robert Sokam, though you never know. You take things and shoot you and that will be the end. It is in your own interest to walk in the perfect will of God. And how do you do that? Pray in tongues a lot. Read your Bible a lot. Meditate a lot. It puts you in the perfect will of God. It puts you in the perf- it puts you where God wants you to be. Reading and meditating on the word of God puts you in the perfect will of God because the word, the word of God is the is his will. The word of God is what? His will. Hmm? Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standing in the way of sinners, nor sitting in the seat of the scornful. Next verse. Then it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he does what? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Then he says, By doing this, he shall be. And he shall what? He shall be. And she shall also be. Not only he, she shall also be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruits in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Meditation makes whatever you do prosper. Because whatever you'll be doing through meditation will be what God wants you to do. You must be interested in the perfect will of God for your life. It's so important. If you insist on going in a certain way, God will allow you. But God will not be happy with you. And anything can happen. Okay? Yes. Numbers chapter 22. Concerning Balaam. God was not happy with him. When he was going, God said, Charlie, I don't want you to go. But he told the people that, wait. The man you have brought is a lot. Let me see what the Lord will say about it. Wait and let me go and talk to God. We went to talk to God and God said, okay, you can go. But as he was going, Bible says God was angry with him for going. Numbers 22, and verse 12. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. God said it. Next verse. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. I'm not going with you. God says I shouldn't go. Next verse. And the prince of Moab rose up and they went back unto Balak and said, Balaam refused for, to, come, to come with us. Next verse. And Balak sent yet again princes, more and more, Honorable than they, than they, the first group. Next verse. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. Like they were persuading him. Next verse. For I will promote you unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, and curse me, these people. You wanted them, him to come and curse Israel. He was a prophet of God, correct prophet of God. Next verse. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the, the word of the Lord, my God, to do less or more. Correct prophet. Even if you give me a whole house full of gold, I will not come. Next verse. Now therefore I pray you, tarry ye also here this night. So he said, he said all that and said, okay, you dear, be here for some time. Let's read NLT or NASB if you have it. What he was seeing was persuading him. You get it? Now, please, you stay here tonight. This is what NASB. You stay here tonight, and I'll find out what else the Lord will speak to me. But the Lord has spoken to him already. But because of the things, pressure. the pressure, it was not, it's like, hey, this money is a lot of money. This honor is, a, let's see, let, you, let's, let me see, let me ask again. Look at NASB. Look at NASB. God came to Balaam at night and said to him, I mean, the guy had a relationship with God. God will come to him at night. God came to him at night and said to him, If the men have come to call you, then rise up and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you shall you do. Have you seen it? God told him, It's okay, you can go. Look at the next verse. So Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the leaders of Moab. 22. But God was angry because he was going. Have you seen when your, your, your son is someone is like asking you, Oh, daddy, I want it, daddy, I want it, daddy, I want it. What do you say? It's okay, go. But the go is not, it's not from your heart. It's not a go from your heart. Have you seen some before? Maybe you've done that to your father before. Yes. Go what? It's not a go with a blessing. It's a go with, okay, okay, you can go. So that I can have peace of mind. Go. 
So as he was going, he says, but God was angry because he was going. And the angel of the Lord took a stand in the way as an adversary against him. Yes. And that started his blinding. He couldn't even see the angel. He could see God. But by the, by the time he started disobeying and going, he couldn't even see the angel. He says, now he was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. Even the donkey could see the angel. Next verse. When the donkey saw the angel, the, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. Standing in the way with a drawn sword in his hand to kill Balaam. The donkey turned off from the way and went into the field. But Balaam struck the donkey to turn her, her back into the way. Struck him hard. Next verse. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path of the vineyards with a wall on his side and a wall on the other, on the other side. Next verse. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, the Lord pressed, the, the, uh, he, she pressed herself to the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the donkey spoke. <laughs> The angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn to the right hand or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she laid down under Balaam. She just went down. So Balaam was angry and struck the donkey with his stick. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And the donkey said, Donkey Kong, eh? The donkey stopped. What have I done to you? What have I done to you? Oh, Mr. Balaam that you have struck me these three times then balaam said to the donkey hey, balaam was a prophet so he, he like he's used to this thing it's, it's not it's normal he said to the donkey because you have made a mockery of me if there had been a sword in my hand i would have killed you by now <laughs> next verse. the donkey said to balaam am i not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life to this day have i ever been accustomed to do this so to you and he said no conversation between man and donkey <laughs> next verse. then the lord opened the eyes of balaam balaam's eyes was closed and he saw the angel of the lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand and he bowed all the way to the ground yet he didn't stop he continued to go and curse yes disobedient i mean showing him things still he didn't stop he continued he went all the way and he took money when he tried balaam is a very serious case eh he he tried to curse Israel. God told him, "Don't curse. Don't you can't curse that people are blessed." Whenever he opened his mouth, blessings came at, on three different occasions. When he realized he couldn't curse Israel because God had blessed Israel, he taught Balak, the one who had employed him to come and curse Israel, how to get Israel against to sin against God. So he taught Balak because of money. He taught Balak how to get Israel to sin. By bringing ladies, Midianite women and Moabitish women around the camp of Israel for Israel to sleep with the women. And as they sleep with the women, they'll go against God and God can kill them. And that was what his plan worked perfectly. And God made sure Balaam was killed for teaching Balak how to get his children to sin against him, for him to be angry with them. Hey! It is in the New Testament. It's called the error of Balaam. Who taught Balak, the son of Bozo? Yes, he taught him. He taught him what, what to do. Anyways, so the, the plan of God is very important. You, that's, what, that's what you need. That's what you want. That is what will make your life easy, stress-free. When you're not doing what God wants you to do, you see that you are stressing over nothing for a long time. If you do what God wants you to do, you realize that you are relaxed. Money will not corrupt you. Fame will not corrupt you because you are in the perfect will of God. Paul said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than ye all. Paul did practically all that God wanted him to do. How? By speaking in tongues and following the word of God. That's all. So that's what you need. Okay? Speak in tongues. There's a president, the president of um, Malawi. He's a full-time reverend minister. Who has become president over Malawi because the Malawians said he's the one we want. <laughs> yes. Because of how effective he is. And they said, we, we like this one. They voted massively for him and he's changing the country. Small, small. That's why the Malawian dollar is higher than our city now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Their money is one of the best in the, in the country, in, the, in, Africa, in Africa. Are you seeing it? So it's possible. There's nothing wrong with it. 
can be a good Christian and be a politician. You don't have to bury any cow to, be, to have power. Good Christian. And you make good, wonderful changes. George Washington was a Christian. Benjamin Franklin was. All these guys are Christians. Abraham Lincoln was a Christian. All these wild guys, Christians. Nice Christians, wonderful Christians who loved God and knew God's way. Yes. The world has decided to corrupt everything, including politics. That is why it is where it is now. But you can be a good Christian and be there. Hey. According to the will of God. Pray. All those who don't speak in tongues don't walk in the perfect will of God. They don't. Why do I say that? Romans. You want to walk in the perfect will of God? Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Next verse. And he that searcheth the, the, the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Have you seen it? So as you pray in tongues and get into groaning, you start getting into the perfect will of God. You start getting into the will of God. That's what the Bible says. I'm not the one saying it. Am I the one saying it? Is it not in the Bible? Yes. He maketh intercession for us according to the will of God. So the way to walk and run in perfect unison with the will of God is by speaking in tongues and letting the Holy Spirit lead you into various aspects of speaking in tongues, including groaning, so that you can walk in the perfect will of God. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of that man which is inside him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So only the Holy Spirit knows the things of God. It's only the Holy Spirit who can hold your hands and lead you into the things of God. How does the Holy Spirit hold your hands and lead you into the things of God? Mazagada, Ebayaba, Rabadaba, Vastonama, Belegede, Ragadaba, Ragadala. Go to verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. They are things that God has prepared for you because you love him. But he has revealed them, but God has revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God concerning your life. And he reveals those things to you. How? Manzushigla. Madagada. Why? As you speak in tongues, First Corinthians 14, 14. Amplified. He that speaks an unknown tongue. Eh? For if I pray an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. So as you speak in tongues, your spirit, by the Holy Spirit within you, the way to get the Holy Spirit to start conversation with your spirit or start working with your spirit every single day is by speaking in tongues. Tongue speaking is not for audacious things only. It is so that you can walk in the perfect world of God. You will know. You just make, you see that your words are the words of God. When you're, when you're, talk, you're speaking, talking, talking, when you talk, it's God is talking. Decisions that are made are clear. You see, you have to, you have to appreciate what God is doing for you, okay? What we are doing is not common. You know what we are doing is not common. If you don't appreciate what you have, you lose it with time. So one of the ways of appreciating what you have is by taking what you are, what you are getting seriously. And by using it. Don't let it go into the air. When it comes to practically making a decision, you don't just make a decision. You pray before you make that decision. Why? Because you've learned that the way to walk in the perfect will of God is through speaking in tongues. That is how you honor God's word. You honor God's word by doing it practically when the time comes. Do you understand? Yeah. You are looking for a job. I've told you, I've taught you how to how you can get a job. Haven't I? Yes. Research. Find something out. You read psychology. How is psychology beneficial to a bank? Or beneficial to our world now? How? How is it beneficial? You've thrown the psychology out because you didn't study it well when you were in. You, you were just passing the exam. Now you've passed the exam. There's something you can learn from that place that can help you chart a career course for your life. Okay? Listen, I've not been to Bible, I've not been to any Bible school before. All I know is, is through research, learning, reading, listening, 
learning, educating myself along this line, and experiencing what I am edu- I'm being educated of by the Spirit. That is it. So you have to honor what God is bringing to you by using it practically for your life. Don't just hear. You know, sometimes you hear some things and you don't do anything with it. And you ask a question about the same thing again another time. It's not right. Hallelujah. So learn. One of my major prayers for you is for you to succeed. It's my, one of my major prayers for you. Yes. To be, to be successful in life. And I'm showing you. What I'm telling you is that, that is it. If I were you, I'll go and spend some three days praying to know exactly what I'm supposed to do. That's one of the things I'll do. I do it frequently. At every major stage in my life, I pray. Especially around birthdays, significant times. You need to pray to know exactly what to do. Yes, you speak in tongues. Lord, show me what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Yes, that's what you do. That is why we are sitting where we are sitting right now. You see, when you hear from God, when you hear what God wants you to do, no matter the resistance, you know what God has told you to do. You are convinced, you know, nobody can convince you otherwise because you hear the voice of God. Yes, or else you, you will be poor. Isaac was spoken to by God, so he knew what to do. If you don't search what God wants you to do, poverty awaits you. Struggles, unnecessary struggles. You can't fulfill the will of God for your life. You can't live the way, you can't serve God the way God wants you to serve him. Because you are not, you, you don't know what to do. You find yourself in a job that will not let you serve God at all. It's important. If there's anything to pray about, Pray about God's perfect will for your life. Is that gentleman in your life God's perfect will for your life? If it's not, Lord, take him away. I don't want him. If you, if you get involved with someone who is not from God for you, you can even die. They can slit your throat whilst you're asleep. You'll be shocked. Or they can go with you and leave you. Someone was going to marry somebody. Okay? They're planning to marry. A week to their marriage, he got married to another person. He got married to another person. And the lady almost went mad. If she were praying, she would have known. You have a a testimony in your heart. The Lord will tell you. You would know by the inward voice that this person, there's something wrong with him. You can't tell, but you, you would know that there's something wrong. Yes. You would know. You would know. But if you are not praying, you just walk into danger. Just like that. So use God's word, okay? Don't just be a church goer. It is not useful. This is a life. It is a life. And you need to, you need to let it shape you. Your dressing can attract the wrong person in your life. Your dressing, ladies. You're, you're exposing your breast. You're a Christian, but your breast is exposed. Your ties are exposed. Your back is exposed. When you, 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 are, you are attracting. Don't be surprised if you inherit a demon. Your dressing, just your dressing. You know you have shape. You know. Be careful how you expose your shape. Yes. Yeah. Be careful how you expose your shape. There are some dresses you shouldn't wear. Because you attract the wrong crowd. You attract the wrong crowd, and one day the bait will catch you, and you'll be shocked that you are not in the house of God anymore. Yes, you have to be very smart. Okay, it's life. I tell you, all that we tell you is very important. Very, very important. Don't joke with it. Pay attention to God and His Word. That is what will help you. If you change, if you move your eyes away from it, it doesn't work. You can ask your question. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you so much, Daddy. So, my question is about our free will and God's predestination. 
So these two seems to be opposing. I want and I want to understand this. These two seem to what? be opposing to each other. Okay, continue. Okay, so um, I believe that our free will, God has given us the ability to make a choice or to decide between two possibilities or more. I believe this is why we have the Holy Spirit to guide us in our decision making. This is seen in the story of Adam and Eve. God gave Adam a choice in the garden. On the flip side, predestination, Christians believe that everything that happens in this world has already been decided in advance by God. We hold on to the idea that God knows the end from the beginning. A lot of examples are seen, Noah, Moses, and all that. Especially with Moses, when God told Moses to free the Israelites from Egypt or from the Pharaoh, God told Moses simultaneously that he's sure that Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go, not even by a mighty hand. So this is to say that God knew the end from the beginning. So if these two are true, does God's predestination nullify our free will? Or at what point can we draw an intersection between our free will and God's predestination? Hallelujah. <laughs> I preached on this some time ago. It's, it's, we have a course outline on it, um, the vocabulary of salvation. I spoke on predestination a lot. Now, if God does not know everything, then he's not God. God is only what? Science. He's all-knowing. He lives outside of eternity. Eternity finds its place in him. Eternity past and eternity future are all in him. Okay? So God does know all things. Do you understand? God knows what? All things. He knows all that is going to happen. However, he gives us free will to choose to be in his will. So predestination has nothing to do uh, or God's omniscience has nothing, nothing to do with his will. Listen to what I'm saying. God has a will. This is what he wants. He knows all things. And he showed you that this is what he wants. Then he allows you to choose between what he wants and what you want. He knows what will happen when you choose what he wants. And he knows what will happen when you choose what you want. So he knows all things. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So uh, don't mix it. That's, that's it. Okay? Don't make it look like God knows that this person will choose this one. That is why he gave you free will. He knows that if you choose this one, this is, what you, this is where you end up. And he knows that if you choose this one, this is where you end up. That's it. He knows, that's why he knows all things. But he waits to see what you will choose. He waits to see what? What you will choose. Otherwise, judgment will not be fair. So God knows all things. And he allows you to choose. That's the intersection. Where you will go. It's up to you. When you make a decision, okay, this is what has been made. So this is what will be happening. When you make a decision, okay, this is what will happen. He knows all those, all of those things. But it's dependent on you. Pharaoh made a choice. God knew the probability that he would make that choice. And he, made, he had made preparations already. That's it. Yes. Hallelujah. And God knows your heart. Do you understand? So he knows what you choose also because he knows your heart and what you are thinking so god is not a man you see so so this is the problem of man people try to understand god based on their understanding of the way man does his things but with what pastor has said and i'm just adding that he also knows your thoughts he knows your heart he knows what you choose. But he said, I've put before you life and death. But I say choose life. Do you understand? So there's life and death because the world is fallen. 
That's why there's, there are those two options. Because the world has fallen. The devil is the prince of the power of the air. So there is life and there is death. But I am telling you to choose life. Now, that choice is your choice. And that choice is dependent on what is in your heart and what is in your mind. Do you understand? So that is why it is important to feed on the word of God. So we have been given a good chance as Christians in this new dispensation to have God in us and for him to lead us aright. So that's why we don't play with what we have. Hallelujah. Are you okay? You see, and God has one will for all of human beings. The will is that everybody needs to be born again. When you get born again, then now you are predestined unto life eternal. When you don't get born again, then you are predestined unto eternal damnation. I don't know if you get it. So God's predestination is not prior to his will. His will comes before the predestination. And that informs your choice. So when you make a choice as to what will you will take, whether you take this one or you take this one, then your predestination, if you take this one, then this is where you are going to end up. This is where you are. Predestination means what you are destined to have. But it's dependent on your will. Or else it will not be fair. That is why God puts the choices there. God knew that he had to Adam need to. You see, God does not want anybody to be with him who does not want to be with him. If you don't want to be with God, he doesn't want to be with you. It's as simple as that. If even us human beings don't want someone who doesn't love us to be around us, if you know this person is your enemy and you, are, you keep eating in the person's house, what do you think will happen to you? He'll poison you. The person is looking for your wife, your car, your whatever. And you keep eating in his house, you know it. And you are eating in his house. What will happen to you? Death. That's what will happen to you. Okay? Uh-huh. So, it's important you, you understand. So, I spoke about origination, the will of God, and all of that. God has a will. So, when Adam chose, the, because Adam needed to choose to be with God or to be with the devil. That's why God put the tree, the, the tree of the fruit of, of the knowledge of good and evil. He put it there. He put it there. Because Adam must choose. God is aware of darkness and he's aware of light. And he chooses to be light and not darkness. It is not Satan who discovered darkness. It was always there. God made it. Why, do, why, why have human beings made prisons? Why? Why did we make prison? Do we have prisons in this country? Why, have, why do we have prisons? To keep what? Odd. For the stubborn, those who are not correct to be there. No be so. Why are they not correct? Because they broke they broke into someone's house, killed someone, did something, raped somebody. Did. So we say, Oh, this one is not worthy to work in society. We'll keep you here. Isn't it? So God also created hell. God created it. For who? For devils. Now every judge, every judge needs to be able to judge okay and you need justice to be able to judge you need to say you 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 are all guilty why are you going to you are going to prison you are going to spend your life there are judges who even send people to their death life imprisonment death by hanging i don't know if it still exists in this country there used to be death by hanging death by firing squad the death penalty is there but it's not implemented much Yes, it's there. So a judge can say they should kill you today. Is that not wickedness on the part of the judge to say someone should die? Is it wickedness? It depends on where you are looking at it from. It is, his, it is justice for that to happen. That is not wickedness. It's called justice. If you, if you kill somebody, you should also die. No be so. If the, the one who pronounced your death, should he be called wicked? Should he be called wicked? He should he be called. That is justice. It's correct. So there's a context in which evil was made. It's not called evil. It's justice and judgment. I don't know if you understand. Yeah. 
the devil didn't understand it. That is why he has become what he has become. God dwells in darkness. If you don't know, I'm telling you. God dwells where? There are scriptures to it. It's all about God. I'm not saying God is a wicked. God is evil. What am he? He dwells in secrecy. That's that's where God dwells. Okay. In Him, there's no darkness at all. God is not evil, but that He shines Himself in. And this is what the devil wanted to emulate. The devil wanted to be like God, so he wanted to produce that same kind of darkness and secrecy and mystery around him. And he produced something else. He produced evil. You see, he, he filled his life with smoke, with evil. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount of the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick darkness with a great voice and added no more. I mean, there are other versions. Verses. Psalm 18, verse 11. But what I'm trying to say is that it's not that Satan is not the author of uh, of darkness. No, but he he doesn't understand the purpose of darkness, so he has become evil. Do you understand? Yes, and he's propounding it, and destroying many lives. Then speaks Solomon. The Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. That, that's it. He dwells in thick darkness. You want to say something? Say, say it. Uh, there are yeah. many verses. You said what? Psalm 18, verse 11. Psalm 18, verse 11. Let's read that one. Psalm 18. He made darkness a secret place. Have you seen it? So I'm not the one saying it. It's in the Bible. God made darkness a secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Have you seen it? So this is what Satan was looking for because he wanted to be like God. So Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How are thou fallen from heaven, O oh, oh, Lucifer, son of the morning? How are thou cut down to the ground, which this weaken the nations? Next verse. For thou said in thy heart, I will ascend unto heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the size of the north. You wanted to go beyond God and be like, next verse. I, I will be, and I will above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. How, how does the most, the most high dwell in thick darkness? That was what you were seeing. So he decided to also dwell in thick darkness. And uncle ye. Next verse. <laughs> Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. To the size of the pit. Next verse. They shall they that see thee shall now look now only look upon thee and consider thee. Say, this is this the man that has made the earth to tremble and this shake the kingdoms. There's another one now, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 28 from verse 14. Look at Ezekiel 28, 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covered, and I have said thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So he was walking up and down, seeing how it's like this thick darkness. Next verse. Thou was perfect in thy ways on the day that thou was created. So iniquity was found in thee. Next verse. By the multitude of thy merchandise, thy trade. You see, God gave, even God, God gave Lucifer an opportunity to change. He was doing what he was doing. The errors he was committing, he was committing it for a long time. God allowed him to commit and he was trying to help him change and he didn't change. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. And thou hast sinned. Therefore, I'll cast thee out, thee as profane, out of the mount of God, and I'll destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Next verse. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I'll cast thee to the ground, I will lay thee before the kings, and that they may behold thee. Next verse. Thou hast defiled thy, thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thy iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. So God said, God brought a fire from the midst of him. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes, and the earth in the sight of all, men, of, of all them that behold thee. Next verse. And they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shall thou be any more. Also, if you want to also come in. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, okay. So, yes. All right. So, um, sometimes we, we think that darkness means that it is sin. And sometimes we think sin is an original. As in, there's something that is original called sin. But sin is actually always a perversion. In a sense that there is nothing like a lie on its own unless there's the truth. So what the devil does is sin, which is perversion of what already exists. Now, in your question, a lot of sometimes people ask these questions or have this um, concern because they are not sure whether they are responsible for their actions or not. You are responsible for your actions because of your free will. And just like Daddy said, I'm just re-echoing it. God knows everything that can ever be. 
but allows you to play your part. Which, which, which route do you want to use? But as for the route he wants you to use, that is what is his will. That you, if you use my route, that is my will. If you use any other route, I know where you end up. So it depends on you to know where to pass. It depends on, I, I need to allow you to move. As you are moving, I know that when you pass here, you get here. When you pass here, you get here. But I would have wanted you to pass here, which brings humility. Humility is key forever. You need humility anytime because it's like you recognize that God is there, yet you recognize that you are responsible for your actions. And then you have to submit your actions to the actions of God. You cannot throw your responsibility to God. That's not humility. That is your, it's your fault now. I made this mistake. It's your fault. It is your choice. Meanwhile, you don't say that because God knew I'll end up there, it is his responsibility. You must, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You must be responsible for your life. Some Christians try not to be responsible for their actions. They assume that they are children of God, whatever it is, is God that is doing it. No, you can't miss it. You can miss it even as a Christian. So you must decide to choose what God is saying. If not, you will automatically come to church. You can choose. You can be told. We can come and tell you everything about church and why you should be there. But it's still left with you to choose to be here. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some people even get to the point they think that, that, that they have not come to church. They are still in the will of God. But if you check the will of God, which is clear, and God also didn't want to leave his will under discussion. So he wrote it down. He wrote everything down. That what I want you to see and do, I've written it down. I'm not changing it. This is it. So that you are never confused about what he wants. But so that you, at any point in time, you can see whether am I going here or I'm going with what God has said. Is it clear? So you just have to follow it. And then also you need to listen to those messages that have been preached a while ago. It will help you understand them. Because it was, it was a series. We did it for a long time. Taking it one step at a time. I get in it. Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Iman also wants to say something. Or you want to say something? Just okay. before, just that. I just, he said something that I just wanted to add that disobedience to the word of God is sin, basically. As simple as that. And that was what happened. Adam disobeyed God and it was sin. So you have to know what God is saying so that you don't go against what he's saying. And that was what the devil also did. Okay. He wasn't supposed to be like God. But he was trying to, do you get it? So he was going against the will of God. That's why it's actually very important. Because at the end of the day, when you get before God, did you do his will or not? It counts. It counts a lot. So you can be a, a child of God and you are zero. You didn't do anything. Because you think, okay, um, I... But the thing is, even understanding what the whole born again experience should make you do the will of God. It's not just saying a prayer and say, okay, now I'm born again. It is understanding actually what has happened to you. Because you are saying that Jesus should be the Lord of your life. Isn't that what you say in the prayer? And what does that mean? That means he's the master of your life. That means that you have, you see, when you are born, it's either you are in the devil's kingdom or you are in God's kingdom. There's no you, your kingdom. You don't have, you don't have some yeah, and that's what people don't know. It's either you are in God's kingdom or you are in the devil's kingdom. So if you are not doing God's will, you are doing somebody else's will, which is coming against you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the Bible says that he has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. That is the beautiful thing about the whole born again experience. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness and have been brought into the kingdom of his dear son. Man doesn't have their own kingdom. Be careful. Hollywood people, they don't know what they are talking about. So they are not your standard because they have not died to know what is after. Think yesterday I was watching something and the girl said, it was like apparently it's like she was shot and she was dying, right? Or she died. Then she she says, I died and but I didn't see any light. And and then I was looking, I said, Ah, this is a movie. How did no do, do you get it? You are communicating very false information. A movie is a movie, it's not real. But this is something that somebody will take. You can say, Ah, this whole thing is not real. She's acting, has she died? 
She didn't die. So why, how can she make that statement? It's wrong on all levels. But people are watching this and feeding on this and making it their information. I just, you, you see how stupid it is. Because she really didn't die. It was just a movie. And people are looking at her and like, hey, she died, hey, what she's saying is true, hey, so is it true that this thing doesn't end? Foolish girl, foolish boy. It was just a movie, she acts, she was, he was acting. Do you understand what I'm saying? The word of God is real. The word of God talks about the heart of man being desperately wicked. It's all over. Don't put your trust in man. It's true. So why don't you want that one, but you want people's opinion who have absolutely no idea what they are talking about? Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's a reality and there's a deception. And the world is doing a very good job at it. Now, just get into the Bible and you'll see the truth. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Hallelujah. Yes. So obey God. It is for your own good. Azaima. Yeah. Hallelujah. Uh, I, with, with the subject of uh, predestination that he talked about, I think that, first of all, Jesus said that in the volumes of the book is written of me. I have come to fulfill thy will. So everybody has, God has a book for you that you would have to come and do on this earth. Now, if you read, there's, there's what we call the, the, the good pleasure of his will, the counsel of his will, yeah. and then the mystery of his will. Yeah. And it's found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Now, according as he has chosen us in him, before the foundations of the world. So, before God was creating the world, he had the purpose in him. Now, in that purpose, there was this counsel of his will, the good pleasure of his will, and then the mystery of his will. Now, so, so according as he has chosen us in him, before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5. Okay. Having predestinated us. So, the word predestination. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. So, the predestination is to bring us to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, that is his will. So, everything we do is to come to a certain stature in Christ. A certain maturity in Christ. So, having predestinated us unto the adoption of Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So God has a good pleasure, which is to bring us to a place of Christ, where as we talk, it is Christ that is talking. As we act, it is Christ that is acting. As we walk to Accra, God actually wants to walk through you to Accra and minister to somebody. That is, that is, that is God's good pleasure. Now verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in his beloved. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he has purposed in himself. Verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time he must make together. So all that I'm trying to say is that God... God, has, God had a plan when he was creating the world. Now, he, 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 he put them in, in the mystery of his will, the good pleasure of his will, and then the counsel of his will. So to achieve all these things, he goes through counsel. There's a plan, there's a purpose. So everybody has a plan. Now, let's read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It comes to the... Uh-huh. So, and be not conformed to the things of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what is the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So, in order to know what is good, so there's a good will of God. There's a perfect will. There's the acceptable will of God. But there's also the perfect will of God. So, it depends on you, for you to know. So, if you want the good will of God, if you want a corolla, but God wants to give you a rose race, but he's so in a hurry to go in for the coral, you can go for it. Please, are you getting me? Uh-huh. So, it's, it's, it's all here. Be, do not conform to the things of this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you would know that God wants to give you a private jet. Gulfstream 650 by you, you want to take first class. So, in a aha, uh-huh. so it's it's time, it's you just have to seek. Aha, uh-huh. some of these things you seek, you don't just get up and say, Oh, God, I want according to what you feel. Of course, God will give it to you because you are His son. Aha, uh-huh. but there's also the perfect will of God that brings glorification to Him Himself and not to you. That's the little I can say. Hallelujah. And always remember, predestination has to do with 
what God, what God wants. Not what anybody wants. Okay? The pre- everywhere predestination, the word predestination is mentioned has to do with the counsel of God's will or the, 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 the good pleasure of his will. So we just saw a, a scripture, having predestinated us, verse uh, 5 now, having predestinated us unto, the predestination is also, also unto something, and that thing is the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. There's a whole, I've preached on adoption. This word does not mean God adopting you from another, having another parent and then he brings you to become a son. No, it has to do with him raising you to rule and reign with him. Do you get it? When a king gives birth to children, he takes one and trains him to be a king in the stead when he's not, he's not there, when he dies. Do you get it? That act of taking the child, one of the children, to be the one to inherit him as king is called adoption. So we are all the sons of God. And God wants us, he wants us to rule and reign with him. And Romans chapter 8, go to verse 28. And we know that all things were together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Then he says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. For what purpose? To be conformed to the image of his son, which is the same as the other one. The adoption of children is the same thing. That he might be the first among many brethren. So the predestination is for something. He's predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his son, to be adopted, to be his, the children of his adoption, that is, become sons and daughters who reign and rule with him. That's his predestination. It's not that he has predestinated everybody, you. You are predestinated to be destroyed. You are predestinated. There's a whole discussion of that in Romans chapter 9. Okay? There's a whole discussion on that. But then Paul discusses the point and says that, who are you to question God? Stop talking. Stop asking unnecessary questions. <laughs> it's there in Romans chapter 9. After this one, he talks about that one too. Okay? Uh-huh. Romans chapter 9. You need to read Romans chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, and chapter 11 together. And chapter 12 together to understand some of these things very well. Eh? Go to verse um, 13. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Like I hate Esau, and I love Jacob. Next verse. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Next verse. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Eish. Are you seeing it? So this is coming to what you were really asking. For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. It's like God, God hardened the heart of Pharaoh so that Pharaoh can become hard for his purpose, for God's purposes to be revealed. Hey. Next verse. Therefore, has he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he will harden, him who, and whom he will, he hardeneth. Next verse. That will say then unto me, why does he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? Why does God find fault? Because all, it's like all those who are evil, it's God who is making them become evil, so he can show something in them. It's just a discussion. And he shows you the conclusion of the whole matter. That's what I'm saying. Read all of it so that you can understand it very well. Next verse. Then he says, nay, but O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? You can't. Next verse. <laughs> Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lamp to make one vessel unto Anna and another unto this Anna? But don't they all serve the purpose of God? If you make, you, you make clay, you make a potty. Eh? You know potty, right? Crabber. Potty. If you make a potty and you make, you use another clay to make cup. You use the cup for drinking and use the potty for pooping. Are they all not serving your purpose? One is made unto this Anna, one is made unto Anna. But they are all for the purpose of the one who made it, isn't it? It says, Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lamb to make one verse unto Anna and another unto this Anna? Next verse. What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known and endure with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? So in this place, it's like some people are fitted to destruction. Mm-hmm. Let's continue. 
and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. It's like there are some people that he has prepared unto glory. Next verse. Even us whom he has called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Next verse. As he said also in, uh, in Hosea, I will call them my people which were not my people, and her beloved which was not beloved. Next verse. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Next verse. Isaiah also cries concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as, a, as the son of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Next verse. And as I said before, I said the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we had been as Sodoma and been made like unto Gomorrah. Next verse. What shall we then say? That the Gentiles which followed after righteousness have attained to righteousness. Who followed not after righteousness have attained unto righteousness. Even the righteousness which is of faith. It's a long discourse. You really need to understand, read all to understand it very well. Okay? But Israel which followed after the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness. Next verse. Wherefore, because they sought it, not by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone. As is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Next verse. Brethren, my heart is in prayer. That's chapter, chapter 10, verse 1. Okay. It's a long, continuous read. But the, the, the fulcrum around which all the discussion revolves is this. Okay? That God wants everybody to be saved. And whatever plan he has is for everybody to be saved. And there are some aspects of what God has planned that you can't question. Don't question. So he discusses the point and he says, Oh, the riches. After Paul has spoken, then he said, This thing is too deep for us to even understand. Oh, the depth and the riches of the it's, it's, it's in there somewhere his, his ways are past finding out the way he does his things is past finding out so if you try to think too much about it the things that are revealed are for us and our children the things that are not revealed is for, is for God you can't discuss the whole thing eh? that's in chapter 11 you see I told you 8 it starts from the start discussing in chapter 8 8 9 10 11 12 okay so he talks about this says, all oh, the death of the riches of both of the wisdom and knowledge of god how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out for who has known the man of the lord or who has been his counselor or who has been or who has first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again like he's trying to let you know there are some things you shouldn't we can't discuss everything basically do you understand or you don't understand in other words leave it what is revealed will i will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth get all men saved get all men come to the knowledge of the truth that's it stop asking questions about the pharaoh is not the lord who had in pharaoh's eyes why is the lord finding fault to pharaoh he says don't ask me such foolish questions that's what that's basically what i was reading to you Shall the clay say to the one who made it, why, why does he find fault? He says, don't talk about such things. God knows what he's doing. Hey. So there are some places where you, you, we can't talk again. We keep quiet and watch him because we know that his will is perfect. And what he wants is what he will get at the end of the day. That is his wisdom. And you can't question it. And you shouldn't ask about it. Lest you go mad. So there are things God has revealed. It's in the Bible too. The things, it is the glory of a king to conceal a matter. It is it's the glory of a lot to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to, to uncover it. And the things that are revealed are for us and for our children. There are things that are revealed, there are things that are not revealed. There are things God has decided to make us not see. Because it is not, it's not proper, it's, you, you don't have to see it. You don't need them. There are colors we can't see. Our, this, our eyes cannot see those colors. But they exist. If you use another lens, you see those colors. Yes. Hmm? Deuteronomy 29 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and our children forever, that we may do all the works of, of this law. So there are things that, uh, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. There are things that are secret that the Lord our God has 
not revealed. But in the context of what he has revealed, he's letting you know that your will is very important to the play of the whole show. Just accept it and make the choices he wants you to make. Is that too difficult to understand? Is that too difficult to understand? Life is very simple. Just follow God's will. You'll be fine. Hallelujah. Yes. Someone asks, what is the purpose of Satan? Why did God allow Satan to do? It's almost as though God uses Satan at different points to accomplish his will. It's like he's in his will. Job. Someone asked about Job. And someone asked about Revelation. Revelation chapter chapter 21. 20. Look at Revelation 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, the original one, the devil. And Satan. This is the devil Satan. And bound him a thousand years. An angel comes to bind the devil for a thousand years. And put him in a bottomless pit and cast him to the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. So the thousand years should be over, should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be lose a little season. So after one thousand years of being incarcerated, the devil is let loose once again. For what purpose? Is because this generate this particular group of people who will come, they would be in the world for one thousand years, not dying and all of that, and not know about sin. Jesus will be their Lord and their King for one thousand years. But that is all they know. They know only Jesus. So the devil will be released to come as another option. And when he comes, the Bible says that many of them will follow him. He's able to deceive the nations. So many that they are like the sand of the sea. Next verse. And I saw thrones. Next verse. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection and on such blah 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 next verse it's also powerful but and when the thousand years are expired satan shall be loosed out of his, his prison next verse and he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth gog and magog to gather them together to battle the number of women is as the son of the sea so he's able to get many as a son of the sea god bound him for one thousand years for jesus to reign without his presence you see, God wants you to choose him all the time. These people need to choose Jesus Christ. But they, some of them, even though Jesus is here physically ruling, peace, everything is fine, everything, when the devil comes with another option, they will join. Just to let you know how evil, evil is. Hey. Yes. And God will just send a fire to burn them. Look at Genesis, verse, verse 9. And they went up on the breath of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them so they will will gather to fight against Jesus Christ and his holy city and his people and the Lord will destroy all of them and then the final judgment will come do you see Uh so no matter what your choice there it's very important because this is supposed to stay 1,000 years without the devil 1,000 years no devil the Bible says that even the sinner shall die at age 100. The one who is not fully around will die at 100 years old. People will be living long at that time. This is uh, just before the new Jerusalem comes. This is the end. This is the end of this world. After um, there are two battles. The battle of Armageddon. This one is Gog and Magog. This is the thousand year reign of Christ. When death is suspended and I mean, a lot of nice things on the earth. This same earth we are sitting on, with these same houses that we are living in, this same place, very ni- everything will be very nice. Jesus will be ruling here for 1,000 years with human beings here. Human beings who did good to, uh, to Israel during their great, their great trial. Rachel's crying. Hey! Hey! You are wondering whether it's Bible we are talking about. It's Bible. It's not a story. It's Bible. Hallelujah. So you wonder, hey, is what is, is it that God uses the devil to do what he wants to do? Ah. Ah. I don't know. What I know is that the devil is against the will of God. That's all. And that's what the Bible wants you to know. Is it too difficult to understand? Have you ever had children and you don't want them to know some things? Until they grow. For them to know. 
and so it's when you get when we get to heaven we'll see yes the bible says we know in part first corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 it's in the bible clear or you know so when i was a child i spoke as a child and i saw as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man i put away childish things verse 12 for now we see through a glass darkly that is how we are seeing today but then face to face now i know in part but then shall i know even as also i am known don't argue with it we know in part you are not all-knowing are you all-knowing god is all-knowing and your mind is too small to comprehend all things now when you check out and you go to heaven you will see the conclusion of the matter and you understand oh that's why this ah there will be a lot of oh ah in heaven oh ah god says that's how it's supposed to be don't argue with it don't ask foolish questions is it too difficult to understand beautiful In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's thank God for what you have shared with us in the next two minutes. Thank God. In two minutes. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for what you have shared with you. We give you glory. We give you praise. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for all the things you shared with us. We are grateful, we are thankful for the power of your word. Thank you for explaining heart sentences for us. Thank you for bringing our hearts great understanding of your word. Thank you that we choose you all the days of our lives. And thank you that whether we are present in this body or absent from this body, we always find ourselves with you. Thank you for your blessings and for your grace. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a big shout if you have a voice. Glory. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.